San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger. I am joined by my guy, Jack Thompson. And boy, does it feel good to be back, Jack. Oh, yeah. Feels great. Ready to get into it. Oh, so ready to get into it. Into it. We've got NBA playoffs. The second round is now set. And most importantly... Every team is back, baby. Mm-hmm. The NFL draft, the the optimism is high in every building right now, and it is no different anywhere across the NFL. It is one of the reasons why the NFL is a 24-7 sport. This has been amazing. The long walk to the stage in Vegas. First of all, I just want to get your optics on how everything in Vegas currently looks to you because I've loved it to this point. Oh yeah, man. It's been a party out there. I can't even imagine how crazy it's been. But yeah, it, everything went smoothly in Vegas. The walks were f- cool. The fits were dope. I mean, Dude, great, Kayvon Thibodeau's great fit. Oh yeah. He might have had the best fit. That was something else, man, where you got like a jewel-encrusted lapel on your... That was fire. Yep. That was fire. But... I mean, this draft has been crazy to this point. The first round, first and foremost, we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys because the Cowboys are king in this neck of the woods, and I am not oblivious to that. Would you think of their, their very first pick? Tyler Smith, the guard, tackle, kind of plays up and down the line from Tulsa. I mean, I can't say that I was ecstatic about it. Of course, you know, he fills a need. But I always feel like in the first round, you don't go for filling needs. You always go for the home run, the lottery pick, Mm -hmm. the lottery ticket, you know, the guy that you think could be perennial all-pro, stuff like that. And I guess if the Cowboys see that in, you know, Tyler Smith and, you know, more power to us with that pick. But there were some people on the board that, I would have liked the Cowboys to have gotten. Specifically who at that point in the draft that night? Specifically, I was looking at Devontae Wyatt, uh, N'Kobe Dean, who fell, who plummeted. You could have gotten him anywhere. Yeah, who plummeted. Uh, I liked, yeah, N'Kobe Dean. I liked, uh, where's my man? It's... I mean, there, there were a Devin handful Lloyd. of players still on the board at that point in time. Yeah, there were a lot, yeah. There was a lot of a lot of uh, interesting picks in that first round, I gotta say. But yeah, I was looking at someone like another star to put on our defense mm-hmm. to kind of bolster that up more with Parsons and Diggs, maybe someone on the line, so we have a star at every level. I do believe though, 
The one thing that scares me about Tyler Smith is obviously the penalties. Yeah. 12 penalties in 12 games, that's a lot, right? Yeah. I think and it was 16 penalties. I, I made a joke that, well, I think it may have been 16, but 12 accepted. Mm, gotcha. Kind of thing. But I look at him and I made the joke that, well, they lost Connor Williams in free agency, so they had to make up for those flags somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, he obviously fit the mold. But I, what I do like about the pick is he was garnering first, late first round yeah. buzz towards the lead up to the draft. Like his stock was rising. He is very physical. He's a mauler, yeah. especially in the run-blocking game. This is a team that, let's face it, hasn't run the ball well the last few years. True. And I think part of that does fall on the offensive line. Yeah, definitely. So the fact that they get a guy that they can kick inside at guard, and now you've got Terrence Still on the right, uh, Tyron Smith on the left, Zach Martin... You can kick him in at the other guard spot, mm. put him next to Tyron Smith, and then your your lone question mark on the line is still Tyler Biotish at that point. And yeah. He's a serviceable center. Yeah, he's, a, he's a middle-of-the-road center in the NFL. He's not an all-pro. He's not what Travis Frederick was, yeah. but he's not awful. Yeah. But you've solidified your offensive line at that point because we did see last year on the right side – Terrence still played extremely well. Yeah. So I do like the pick in that regard. I think I would have rather, if we were going line there, I think I would have rather have had Linderbaum. Linderbaum. And then you bring in a couple, you know, of those guard tackle combos to Mm -hmm. duke it out for the spot while you've got your, who seems like a perennial all pro and Linderbaum. I get it. I also very much wanted Jermaine Johnson the second. I was shocked how far he fell. Me too. I was, the, and there are a couple people, their falls shocked me. Mm-hmm. N'Kobe Dean, yeah. first and foremost among that. Yeah, big time. N'Kobe it, Dean <laughs> fell really far. Mm-hmm. BK fell a little bit further. Andrew Booth fell really far. Andrew Booth fell falling to the mid-second round was a, a little bit of a shock to me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's. We're going to get into winners and losers, but I want to see if our head's in the same spot as we get ready for this. Who lost this draft? Who's your number one... Like this, this has been a bad couple of days. Because um, there's one that sticks out in my mind above all else, and I think it goes to show while we give him a ton of credit, he does deserve a lot of blame at the same time. I was very confused by the first day of the Green Bay Packers draft. Okay, okay. They took two guys that were... Not first rounders. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, well, they were they were projected late first rounders, yeah. to early second rounders. But I get what you're saying. Like taking Quay Walker over 
uh, and N'Kobe there was, Dean. There was buzz that that was going to happen regardless. Leading up to the draft, Quay Walker was going to overtake N'Kobe Dean because a lot of people were worried about his short arms, mm-hmm. his small stature being under 5'11", uh, his lack of true explosiveness. Yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, yesterday, late as Nicobe Dean's slide continues into the third round, mm-hmm. we're hearing about a pec injury that he didn't have surgery on yeah. that could be an issue as we lead up to the start of the season, which helped to kind of set up his his fall, right? Yeah. I. But- then they got Devontae Wyatt, which is a good pick. Devontae Wyatt? Yeah. Devontae Wyatt was great, and they also uh, picked up... Watson in the second. Watson in the second. That's a great pick. If you're in a dynasty league, you've got you've got to pick up Christian Watson mm-hmm. because whew, him and Aaron Rodgers are going to be something special. Yeah, definitely. And... I, I think I, I sent this to you yesterday in a tweet, but the second-round receivers that Aaron Rodgers has worked with. Yeah. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Devontae, Devontae Adams, obviously. Basically everyone you could think of that's Jordy been Nelson. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has had great, great second-round receivers to work with, and I think Christian Watson's next on this list. You're talking about a guy who's six foot four. Mm-hmm. Four three six speed. Yeah, and he's twitchy too. Mm-hmm. And you you're not used to twitchy guys that are six four. You've seen this guy take you know power sweeps and end arounds. That's not something that the taller receivers usually don't do because while they're fast, they don't have that short area quickness. Mm-hmm. Christian Watson does. Oh yeah, and he's going to be a special player. And I think he's in a very very good situation. Mm. I I absolutely agree. Who who are your your biggest loser in the first couple rounds? Oh, it's not even close. It's not even close. It is the New England Patriots. I have no clue what Bill <laughs> Belichick's doing. And while he is a fantastic head coach, he is not a general manager. No. He is not. Nikhil Harry was an absolute trash of a pick a few years ago. And... They've doubled down on it by this year. They the, the Rams are scouting this guy, kid that they think is going to be there in the third, fourth Cole round. Cole Strange, yeah. Cole Strange. I was they picking him. They take him at the end of the first round. And then I know that I've seen him mock to the Texans and a couple other teams around the sixth, seventh round. They trade up into the second round to get Tyquan Thornton, mm-hmm. the receiver from Baylor, who is an absolute one-trick pony. He doesn't run a route tree. He's got two routes that he runs, basically. But he runs a 4-3. 4 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get the speed, but, I mean, how many times did we say this with the, with the Raiders? That speed means nothing. When your slight frame mm-hmm. can't get off of press coverage and have consistency issues in catching the football in traffic. Yeah. I mean, don't they have that guy already in Nelson Aguilar? Kind of. <laughs> so I have zero clue what Bill Belichick is doing in the draft. Their third round pick was, was good. Getting Marcus Jones in the third. That's a Marcus good pick. Jones, I like. Yeah. He's a, he's a, a good- smaller corner, but. 
the dude just makes plays on the football despite his small Yeah, and he's the best returner in the draft because he had two return touches. So I have zero issues with that one, but their first two picks just left me going, what? Yeah. I mean, really? You traded up for Thornton? You were were scared somebody else was going to take him? Yeah, that was an odd one. I mean, Cole Strange was definitely out of left field, but after seeing, like, the uh, the breakdown on him on ESPN, he's like a throwback guard for sure. And he seems, you know, like a Bill Belichick guy, so I can see it, and why I- he would take it, and watch him be, you know... They were saying, watch this guy get a green jacket. And oh, him. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Like, he'll end up with a gold jacket, and... Because if you think about it, they have drafted offensive linemen very well. Mm-hmm. He has not drafted receivers very well. Yeah. He's also drafted corners very well. Mm-hmm. And undrafted. You know, J.C. J. Jackson was an undrafted free agent. And if now I'm not he's mistaken. the best corner in the league. And now he, he just got paid. Yeah. <laughs> so, you look at it, I, I get that he does certain things well that are within his wheelhouse, mm-hmm. he needs somebody else to scout and draft receivers. That's true. <laughs> I, I just feel like somebody needs, like, Bill, if you're looking at a receiver, let me step in here. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there were a lot of guys still on the board at that point, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they drafted Tyquan Thornton in the second, let's see, they took him at... They traded up with the Kansas City Chiefs for that They pick. took him at the 50th pick. Mm-hmm. They traded with Kansas City to get him. So they could have got Sky Moore. They could have got who else is on? Yeah, and the Chiefs end up getting Sky Moore yeah. after trading down. Which, by the way, if the Chiefs are killing this draft mm-hmm. as well. The there are, are there are certain teams that are doing extremely well in the draft. We're going to touch on that when we get back right here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're going to get into some NBA playoff action coming up here in just a little bit, but we've been talking winners and losers, and I want to go off on one more loser before we move on to some of the winners, and that is the Chicago Bears, man. I have zero clue what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, they in the first round, they got no one. Well, they didn't have a first-rounder yeah. because they traded up for Justin Fields last year, which I get that. But when you trade up for Justin Fields, you assume that you want to surround your rookie quarterback with talent and weapons and protection, whether it's offensive line or, or tight ends or receivers. Like You want to put pieces around him to help him be successful. Mm-hmm. Instead, with their two picks in the second day, they've addressed Kyler Gordon, who... I. I like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. I like them both. mm -hmm. But you're not helping your franchise. (laughs) They do go get a speedster for, you know, for Justin to throw to in Velas Jones. But again, that was... Equiminia St. Brown. (laughs) That was a reach, though. I mean, you could have probably got Velas... I feel like Velas Jones and Tyquan Thornton were going to go in, like, the fifth, fourth and fifth round. Exactly. It, It just felt like there's... Nothing there, and you've got a speedster in Darnell Mooney already. You yeah. need kind of 
a safety blanket for him, it yeah. feels like. You need to put something around to where huge catch radius kind of guy. Honestly, they should have taken the... Uh, where is he? What they should have taken the Cowboys receiver? <laughs> hey, I, I'm honestly, after doing some research on our boy, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm into it. Jalen Tolbert might be a, a good... A good uh yeah, good wide receiver for years to come. I don't hate it. It's just I look at I look at what the Cowboys done and every pick feels about the same. It just feels a little early. Every single one. You know, we talked about it in the first segment about how Tyler Smith just felt a little bit early, right? There were other players on the board you could have had. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing about the the second round pick out of Old Miss, I, the defensive end, uh, I felt it was just a little early. But <laughs> SEC defensive end with twelve and a half sacks. No, I get it. It's pretty solid. Solid. I would have liked. I you know me. I really wanted Nick Bonito. Mm-hmm. And he was there for the taking. He was. He was the last pick of the second round. I also like Perion Winfrey. <laughs> and the the. Isn't Receiver, he, you, you know, yeah. I have nothing against the South Alabama kid, but I just felt like it was a little early, and there were other guys. Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin, a little bit higher, like, also a return uh, specialist mm-hmm. that you could have gotten, or linebacker from Wisconsin. Yeah, Leo Chanel, I definitely really wanted him. Great in coverage and great at rushing the passer. And just good instincts. Yeah. You know, he sifts through traffic well and, and gets to the football and without knowing the future behind LVE. Micah Parsons. Yeah. You got LVE playing on a one-year deal. So there's questions about, A, the depth at linebacker, and B, yeah. you know, the future at linebacker outside of Micah Parsons, especially when you're going to kind of use Micah all over the place. Mm-hmm. You'd like to have something else there. N'Kobe Dean, another one of those guys we talked about that, you know. I also very much wanted Devin Lloyd. So, like I said, everything just felt a little early. Just a little, not a lot, mm-hmm. but a little early. But I, I say this with, with everybody, if you believe that's your guy, go get him. And... I don't want to be hypocritical in the in the case of if they believe that's the guy and he wasn't going to last to their next pick, go get him. And they did. And I mean, we have filled three our I would say our three most glaring holes yes. so far. And receiver, edge rush, and offensive, and offensive line. line. So now you just take the best board's available. Open. Yeah. And let's not forget and Steven Jones has said this multiple times. Free agency is not over. Yeah, very true. And there is a lot of good players still out in free agency that you can go add depth to this team. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's edge rusher, which I believe uh, Trey Trey Flowers and Melvin Ingram are both still Mm -hmm. available on free agency. On the edge, you've got some defensive tackles. You've got... Uh, J.C. Treader, you've got uh, a lot, a lot of offensive linemen that are still available in free agency that you could pick up mm-hmm. after the fact once the compensatory selections, uh, the signing of them no longer counts against the compensatory selections you'll uh, receive, Yeah, which I believe is after the draft. So once 
the draft ends, you may see some action there. So let's not get too overly yeah. caught up in it because that is a component that is there. I do, I do, I do love the Kansas City Chiefs draft to this point. Oh, yeah. I think the Chiefs have absolutely killed it to this point in their draft. Brett Beach is doing a fantastic job. They got the third best corner, in my opinion, in Trent McDuffie. Mm-hmm. And they've both. He's a little weak, but he's good. He's a little weak, but he, in my opinion, he's the third best corner. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He was the third best. Yeah, I mean, Stingley and Sauce were one, neck and head above every other corner. One and one B, yeah. right? The, yeah, exactly. They got a steal in Sky Moore in the second round and trading down to get Sky Moore, right? Mm-hmm. They bolstered the back end and added some depth with Brian Cook, especially after losing uh, Dan Sorensen in free agency. And then they got your guy, Leo Chanel, at linebacker in the bottom of the third round. I think they killed the draft. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job. Uh, the, Of course, the New York Jets, I have to give them their flowers. They... Have had we just talked about sauce, so they got the one B in my opinion of corners in this draft. My main concern with sauce, he's handsy. Yeah, he got away with that mm. in college. He's all press coverage. He's not gonna get away with that in the NFL. Yeah, he, he his hands are on the receivers a bit too long, and that's five and a first every time in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as they were showing his highlights when he was drafted, I was like, that's holding. That's holding. That's holding. That's holding. <laughs> if it's not holding, it's illegal contact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of the two. <laughs> and so I didn't like that, but I do feel they got arguably the best receiver in the class and Garrett Wilson as well. And oh, it yeah. gives Zach Wilson, Wilson to Wilson. I just caught this, the Wilson to Wilson connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it yeah, gives they- Zach Wilson the weapons, plus they moved uh, back and got Brees Hall in the second. And they moved back and got Jeremy Johnson. And they moved back into the bottom of the first round, took Jermaine Johnson, and then they got the tight end from Ohio State in the third in Jeremy Rucker. Mm-hmm. So I really, no, really Jets, have to the congratulate the Jets. Yeah, the Jets absolutely have, <clears throat> have killed it. And last team I want to give flowers to, of course, my Houston Texans. I think they've had a great draft to this point. I loved the Stingley pick. Mm-hmm. I think he, when you look at a... At a top of the draft that doesn't have those overt stars. Like, Mm -hmm. that dude's going to put on a a gold jacket when it's all said and done. There's not that dude, right? So you look for the dude that has that potential. You look at uh, Stingley's 2019 tape, it's the best of any corner that you'll see in college football in two decades. He does what Sauce doesn't in the fact that he gets into you early Mm -hmm. and then his feet mirror from there. His footwork is impeccable, and he is an All-American as a freshman Mm -hmm. at LSU in 2019. He was the lone guy that locked up Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase that season in practice because Joe Burrow picked on him to make sure he was the truth and found out he was the truth. And then, on top of that, he is the only corner, not even corner, he's the only player at LSU, which is DBU, mm-hmm. to play start as a true freshman. And in doing so, he also became an All-American. Yeah. No, he's super legit. Stingley, I mean, 
by a talent basis, could have been the number one pick. I mean, and then you trade back, you get your dude, Kenyon Green, mm -hmm. who a lot of people saying it was too high. I get it. You trade it back though. You got some extra compensation, and you took the dude. Took a ten-year starter. Yes, ten-year starter, and he played every position at A and M. Every position, so he has flexibility. Yeah. But you know, you're putting him at guard. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, you're done. He's and gonna, now you've solidified three great. positions on the line. He's gonna be great for y'all. Yeah. You've upgraded the run game with him because he's a dog. Oh yeah, <laughs> he will pancake. And then I love the second round. We t we keep talking about the the stat. You know, Sauce never allowed a, a touchdown his entire college career, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. Who did he play against? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and he did play against Alabama in in the semifinal. So I have to give him his flowers there. But outside of that, you know, who are the actual receivers he's playing against, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Texans in the second round take Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor. And in 2021, he played 431 coverage snap. He gave up zero penalties mm -hmm. and zero touchdowns. That's an amazing stat yeah, line. Petrie's, Petrie's super legit. And I made a joke earlier today on Twitter. If you were wearing the number eight, I saw that the Texans were going to draft you on day two of the draft because not only did they get Petrie, they got a guy outside of Christian Watson that I was really kind of hoping would be a day two guy, and yeah. they traded up to get him as they moved up back into the second round to get John Mechie, the other Alabama receiver who is going to start in the slot immediately day one, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude was always open at Alabama. Always open. Just found a way to get open. I enjoy that. And then in the third round, with their second pick, they move up from 80 just a little bit, up five spots to make sure that they secure the last number eight they would draft <laughs> on day two. And Christian Harris, the Alabama linebacker. So I think the Texans have had a coup so far. Yeah, the Texans killed it. Uh, I think Baltimore absolutely killed it. Man, I'm death, taxes, water is wet. The Baltimore Ravens draft well. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> Hamilton at 14. Absolute steal. Steal. Absolute steal. Then they go get Linderbaum. <laughs> then they get David Ajabo. In the second. And then they get Travis Jones from UConn. So they added three, so much. three monsters to their defense. And you, there was talk that, A, before the injury, Ojabo was going to be a mid-first round, like around yeah. 14, like mm -hmm. where they were picking initially. Yeah, yeah. That's where he was supposed to go. And Tra Travis Jones was garnering first-round hype mm -hmm. as we drew closer to the draft. Yeah. So, yeah, Baltimore just drafts so insanely well. Also, the Detroit Lions had a very good draft. They did. I The move up from 32 to 12, 12 to, to get, get Jameson in, Williams. To get in front of Houston and take Jameson Williams. That befuddled me a little because I think they have a pretty good receiving core. Plus, they added eh, in free agency. They got one good guy. I'm on, yeah, I, I'm on Raw. He's really good. Yeah, I like him. They added DJ Chark in free agency. Oh, that's I believe. right. They did get Chark. And so I understand what, you know, adding the, what mm -hmm. Jameson offers yeah. and 
I said this earlier this week, is Jamison Williams does something that's really hard. It's cool to have elite speed because he does, but the thing he does with his speed is his ability to throttle it. His ability to throttle it down and then get back up to top speed is incredible, which is why he gets open as much as he does over the top because it's really hard to keep up with that speed. And once he throttles it down and you and you kind of come down on it, he's gone. Yeah, one step, he's gone. But then they got another edge rush and mm-hmm. Josh Pascal, who I really like. Yeah, Pascal is a great one. And then they got a steal. Out of Kentucky. A steal in Kirby Joseph in the third round. Good draft. By yeah, I, I like Kirby Joseph out of Illinois, too. Uh, he was probably the third or fourth. Him and Cross, I had kind of neck and neck. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this is... this is, And we're seeing the depth that everybody was talking about with this draft. Mm-hmm. With all of these like people were talking about, like, wow, they're having a good draft. Wow, they're having a really good draft. Wow, they're having a really good draft. Because they are just picking the best players on the board... And we're seeing the depth that this draft class has start to kind of come through. Mm-hmm. A couple of head scratchers. I don't really understand what Seattle's doing. Let's take a look. Charles Cross. I like Boya Cross. Mafe. I like Mafe. And Walker. Hey, I mean, that's a good draft. It's a good draft, but what my my question is, Kenneth Walker's a great player, monster, right? Monster, yeah. He's a monster. I question his ability to pass protect and his want to pass protect. And on top of that, you just re-signed Burchard, uh Penny, and you already have Chris Carson. And I know they're hurt all the time. Yeah. But you've got you've now got three running backs that you have to kind of figure out how to use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, but I mean they got two longtime starting tackles: mm-hmm. Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross. I, I love Cross. Cross is the best pass protecting tackle in this draft. And they got a, a really good edge rush in Boy Mafe. So I like Mafe. He was late first rounder. Mm-hmm. Got him in the second. Like I said, it, it was the Walker thing. It's like, but you've got running backs. Like I there were other there are other needs yeah. you could have addressed. Yeah, I mean, in the third round, I would have liked, instead of Lucas, for them to take Malik Willis. That would have been... But, what does that say about this draft class and quarterbacks? You get Kenny Pickett off the board, no no quarterback goes in round two, Yeah, and then it's late where you start to... Uh, middle to late where you start to see Desmond Ritter go, mm-hmm. as he went to Atlanta, if I memory serves yeah. me correct. Which, mm-hmm. good That's, spot for him to sit actually, and learn behind Marcus Mariota. Atlanta actually had a really good draft. Drake London, Arnold BK, Troy Anderson, mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter, and D'Angelo Malone. Mm-hmm. They had a really good draft. They've had a solid draft. Troy Anderson is a very intriguing prospect. And I am intrigued by the fit of Malik Willis in Tennessee. Uh, I think it'll be a great fit. I do, too. And that scares me. Honestly, the <laughs> biggest shock of the entire draft to me was those pesky freaking birds that live in Philadelphia. You want to talk about that next? Going to get A.J. Brown. Sure, yeah. We can. <laughs> you can listen to me gripe about that next. I'm going to listen to you gripe about that because I think the NFC East just got a little bit tougher. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it on the other side right here on San Antonio Sports Star. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover, 12.50 a.m., 103.3 FM, and don't forget, we're on the go at sasportstar.com.
Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by my guy, Jack Thompson. We are back after the weekend off. It was a nice little getaway. Break some kids. <laughs> Wedding party, man. I got in there like a hurricane. <laughs> We're talking about those pesky birds, and I believe the birds you are referring to are not the Seahawks and not the Falcons, mm-hmm. but I do believe those pesky birds you are referring to have a green tint to them yes. and go by the name Eagles. So this is a team that overachieved last year. Mm-hmm. They ended up uh, making the playoffs, which was a surprise to many, especially after, you know, Hunting on Carson Wentz and looking like the rebuild was going to be in full effect, and they overachieve. Yeah, and in doing so, they go out and they have themselves quite a draft. They end up using their first round pick, which one of them, anyways, one of their picks ends up going to the Tennessee Titans oh in a shocking move as they end up landing. And I can hear it in your voice already. A.J. Brown. Yes. And that gives them the weapon that they've missed on. You know, Jalen Rager hasn't worked to this point. Yeah. Greg Ward, you know, serviceable guy, but he's never going to be the dude. Dude's a quarterback. They <laughs> they look like they found something in Devontae Smith last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude's a monster. And now they added a true, legit, big Target for Jalen Hurts That's and AJ Brown. An incredibly tough team to tackle. AJ Brown, tough to tackle. Dallas Goddard, tough to tackle. Mm-hmm. QB, tough to tackle. <laughs> he is tough to tackle. Sanders, tough to tackle. Shifty. Shifty. That's a, AJ Brown. Extremely t- tough, tough to, to tackle. tackle. And then, of course, they got Fletcher Cox. And they add to that with their other first-round pick that Jordan they kept Davis. by getting Alabama's Jordan Davis, the six-six, three hundred and forty-pound monster in the middle. Hello, Gunada. Basically, yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty good comp. Yeah. <laughs> and then they add probably the second-best interior offensive lineman behind Tyler Linderbaum mm-hmm. and Cameron Jurgens in the second. And Nicobe Dean slips into the third and they take him. This team's going to be kind of scary good next year, I think. Yeah, dude. I was worried for months that the Eagles were going to take Nicobe Dean ahead of us in the first round, not in the third round. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm going to let you vent here for a little bit because I want to know where your head is as a Cowboys fan because the Cowboys look like they got worse this offseason. Yeah, I mean... They they haven't replaced true losses. And their draft picks are question marks, right? Question marks, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to knock them until I see them on the field, but... Yeah, I think the Eagles have definitely catapulted themselves at even keel or maybe even slightly better than the Cowboys, at least on paper anyways. We'll see what it looks like on the field. It's Mm -hmm. always different between the lines, but they have had arguably the best offseason of any team. 
you can no longer just say, well, the Cowboys are going to win this division. Yeah, no, you cannot. Because I may actually have the Eagles as the favorite as yeah, we sit I currently think, today. I, they're, I think they could be a little bit stronger. Luckily, they only have two more picks in the draft, mm-hmm. and they're not till the fifth and the seventh. Yeah. And the Cowboys... But they've killed their early part of the draft, so... The Cowboys have... A ton of picks. Six more picks. So we've got a lot more time to bolster the roster. But you're not going to take six players, are you? More more swings of the plate. More swings of the plate. See, I like what Casario has done. He has accumulated a ton of picks. Eleven picks. And then he targets specific guys, and he uses those picks to move up to make sure he gets that guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he moved up five spots yesterday just to make sure that he secured Christian Harris. He moved back into the second to make sure that he acquired John Mechie. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that. I enjoy that that philosophy of I'm going to get a whole bunch of players, uh, picks, but I'm going to have a certain... And he did that his first year with only... I think they had like seven or eight picks last year. He ended up with five when all was said and done, even though the first one won until the third round. He maneuvered his way around the draft. After Davis Mills, he moved up for Nico Collins. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the draft, he moved up to get Garrett Wallow and Brevin Jordan. And he just he targeted certain guys, and he went and got them. All five of those guys ended up contributing last year. So far, he's employing a similar strategy, and I think it's working. It's incredible that the NFL draft is so, so wild this year. Everybody thought, because there's no star quarterbacks, like, where's, where's everything going to come from? This draft has been intriguing. Oh, yeah. And I think it's been intriguing into the second and third rounds because of the depth of this draft, which was unexpected. We're seeing all of these trades. Nine in the first round the other day. We saw um, um, A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown moved on day one. That was insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, there's still the possibility but that by the end of this thing, you could see Debo Samuel moved. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield. Get on the phone, Cowboys. <laughs> Go get Debo. Would you be willing to part with next year's first and extra for Debo Samuel? And would you be willing to pay him, you know, twenty five, thirty million because that's what it's gonna take? I mean, Debo and C D Lamb sounds pretty nice. It does. But thirty. Third, that's a lot of money. That is a whole lot of money. And do you trust Kellen Moore to be able to utilize Debo to his full? Yeah, I mean, okay, that's just a lot. I don't know. There, I have to there, there because Debo's not just a wide receiver. No, you use not. him in a bunch of different ways, and while Kellen Moore does get creative at times, mm-hmm. there is he then becomes stagnant. Exactly. And that's if you're paying someone thirty, you can't be stagnant with them, mm-hmm. right? No, I agree. <laughs> so, as we look forward, right mm-hmm. in the NFL draft, who do you think are the best players still available? Best players still available? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see here. Let's see. You I mentioned mean, you mentioned Calvin Austin, uh, Austin the third earlier. Calvin Austin, uh, Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen still available. One of the best testing athletes and out of any position mm-hmm. at the combine. Uh, and, the, and the Texans pick 107 today. Danielle Falaleli. Ooh, very nicely yeah. done. The uh, offensive tackle from Minnesota. Dude's you a, a little shocked Perion Winfrey's still available? Um, I mean, dude's a beast for sure, but mm-hmm. I'm not super shocked. Where do you think Sam Howell lands? Because I think it's... It's kind of crazy he's still available here in the fourth round. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Because Atlanta found their quarterback, supposedly, in Desmond Ritter. I would say he's either going to go four to the Seahawks. Okay. Um, four as in in the fourth round? Yeah. Okay. Fourth pick so you the, think he comes off the board of early the fourth today? Round, yeah. You think he comes off the board early? I mean, today. I would think the Seahawks are going to try and get... Unless they're got their eyes on Baker now, because they weren't. They able, may, yeah. But because with the with the uh, Panthers moving yesterday to acquire uh, Matt Corral, mm-hmm. Panthers now probably out on ba- Baker. I would assume. Yeah, I would. I would assume so too. Man, I don't know who's gonna take. Maybe the Giants in case. Daniel Dimes gets hurt. That yeah. is, a, and remember, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah, so maybe Danny Dimes. They, the Giants have two picks in the fourth. Um, Your boy Isaiah Spiller still available. Yeah, whoever gets him is going to be very happy because that dude can catch and he can run with the best mm-hmm. of them. I, I also, I also really like Zamir White, the other Georgia running back. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, Let's see who else is really good that's still on the board. Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir is good. Uh, Zion McCollum, cornerback out of San Houston. Yeah, he is long. Yeah, six two, long arms. Yeah, played really well at a lower level school, which I think kind of dings him a little. Just playing at an FCF school like Sam Houston State. Mm-hmm. But I think somebody's going to walk away with a steal with Zion McCollum and Tyreek Woolen today. Yeah. I really like uh, JoJo Doman. He's a kind of a yeah. outside linebacker safety hybrid out of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I, I would love the Cowboys to pick him up. Kind of offset that Keanu Neal loss, a guy that can you can throw him in, in the middle at linebacker yep. or he can cover with really well. So it's I, a lot of, there's a lot of good corners still available. Mm-hmm. Josh Job from Alabama, as yeah. well as Kobe Bryant, the guy that played on the other side of sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver from Boise state. Yeah. That dude just makes plays. He does. He just makes big plays. I like, uh, the Iowa state defensive end. He's got a really hard name to pronounce. Ioma Uwarzrike. Mm-hmm. Hey, very nicely done. That guy's a beast. 6'6", 300-pound monster. If, and I know the Cowboys could be looking at this, if mm-hmm. you're looking at tight end, I believe Charlie Kolar, Charlie Kolar yeah. out of Iowa State would be a solid addition right now as well as in the later rounds, yeah, Jalen Weidemeyer. really well. Jalen Weidemeyer in the later rounds, mm-hmm. but Jalen's getting dinged because he of don't his... Block. He don't block and incredibly slow 40. He's, yeah, he's quite slow. So, but 
mean, the best tight end in the whole league, pretty slow. And Kels, you're not fast. <laughs> okay. You're not fast. Don't. <laughs> okay. Don't. Don't light him up like that. He's not fast. I mean, I think he's pretty quick. Uh, Michael Clemens, one of your yeah. fight with Texas A&M Aggies, Michael I think Clemens could be a there. steal. Yeah, he's got all the intangibles, or all the body intangibles, just kind of has and to put it together. there's quite a few running backs still left on the board. You've got Ty Chandler of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier the running back still available with Spiller. You've also got... Um, uh, Jerome Ford, mm-hmm. Cincinnati running back, as well as a small school guy, South Dakota State, Pierre Strong, mm-hmm. who off the charts measurables. So depends what you're looking for today, but I still think there is a lot of good talent on the board. Oh, and yeah. low-key uh, quarterback that could come off, Carson Strong still available. And Give me Bla- Bailey Zappi, bro. Bailey Zappi still on the board. Quarterback that's still on the board. I'm taking Bailey Zappi. Hey, I mean, you need somebody behind Dak, right? That guy, he's somebody to groom. Literally set every record last year. He threw 62 touchdowns last year alone. And if you're looking for kind of a big X receiver that kind of can go up and get it, Clemson's Justin Ross is Justin still in there. Justin Ross is still there. Like I said, Khalil Shakir, Kyle Phillips from UCLA is a really good slot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of really good offensive linemen still. Yeah, left there's too. not as much as it comes to edge rush. No available. edge rush. Yeah, edge rush has fallen off. But I, I think tight ends. A lot of Ferguson. tight ends. A lot of tight ends. But, but the offensive tackle, there's still a lot of good tackles. So there are. There the are. Minnesota tackle. And guards. Keelan Dice, Braxton Jones, Matt Wilzalko. There's a lot of good tackles. There's left. a lot of good tackles, and I think there's a lot of good guards still left. Darian Kennard yeah, I would out of like, Kentucky. Jamari J- Slayer. I would not be mad if the Cowboys went guard. Cade Mays. In this next round, just to, you know, add some competition to that spot. Yes. We can get Kennard, Marquise Hayes. Slayer, Zach Tom. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of... I like Cade Mays, too, out of Tennessee. Maybe go get... Andrew wait, Stubner. Wait, wait a little bit. Get uh, the other Tulsa guard yeah. and Chris Paul. <laughs> just because of his name. Just because of his name and his school. Just get get Smith's... <laughs> We'd have two guys that have, like, one-syllable first names for both their first and last names. Not only that, just think of how crazy would it be if you end up drafting Chris Paul, not that Chris Paul, <laughs> but you end up drafting Chris Paul, and he beats out oh. Tyler Smith in court. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. I'm just saying. Oh, man. He That'd is Jack so Thompson. Pissed. I am James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. Let's get Jack a little happier after talking about those dirty birds and, of course, the uh, possibility of drafting some of the replaces who you just took in the first round. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs because they've been spectacular. The second round is set, and it begins tomorrow night with the team of the SMH, baby. Yep. The Boston Celtics. And the man that is in his bag, Jason Tatum. One of them deep bag boys. Bro, Jason Tatum might have the deepest bag in the league right now. In the league. 
I think he and Devin Booker have the deepest bag in the league. We're going to talk about last night's games, the closeouts, and the matchups to come. That's coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. Don't go anywhere. 12.50 a.m., 103.3 FM, and of course, we are always on the go at sasportstar.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome back into the second hour of the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. We went hard on the draft. It is now time to go hard on the NBA playoffs. Jack, how impressed have you been with this first round so far? Because there hasn't been a whole lot of intrigue but it felt like there was just enough to keep me interested in this first round. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. There were there were good games. That Grizzlies-Timberwolves series was really good. The Pelicans showed a lot of fight. That series was fun. Uh, the Raptors and the 76ers, that was a solid series. It was just yeah, I it get it, but good basketball, know, fun to watch. I mean, one of the closest sweeps you'll ever see with Brooklyn and, and Boston. Yeah. But... I never felt like any of those series were, you know, in jeopardy yeah. at any point. No, right? no, no, no. I never felt like any team was really on the ropes at I think, any point. Yeah. I think the Grizzlies about to get woken up because they're running into a juggernaut right now. And I don't think I would say this team is not playoff ready. The most impressive team I've seen in the Western Conference has been the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. They look, and rem- I mean, remember, coming into the playoffs, their big three of Draymond, Steph, and Clay had only played 11 minutes together all year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 11 minutes. And now it seems like they played 82 games together. But I guess when you've played, you know, 10 seasons together, it's a yeah. pretty easy to gel back. But I just think the Grizzlies are... They're about to get little brothered right now. That's a team it that... It feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah. They had a hard time with Minnesota. They did. And I think the Warriors are going to... Slap them? Yeah. Sweep or five? I think it could be a gentleman's sweep. I don't think they'll get swept in four. I think they probably get one at home, speaking about Memphis, but... I get it, but the the thing I have, the concern I have in them getting swept, mm-hmm. they wasted a lot of energy in that first series. Oh, yeah. Playing against a Timberwolves team that yeah, they sh- probably shouldn't have struggled as much as they did. No, yeah. This I've... is new ground for this entire team, which is yeah. really young. Mm-hmm. That's why I think. They're and they're just... coming off a very emotional series in yeah. terms of getting that first win. I think that they could just be prime picking for a letdown. No, I, I agree. I definitely agree. Because there, we always talk about it. Uh, teams have to take steps, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There are steps of development along the way when talking about a young team. Yeah, This is a very young team. They've just taken that first step. They only have two guys on their whole roster with any sort of playoff experience. And Steven, Steven Adams, Adams and Kyle Anderson. Oh, that's right. Slow-mo. He was. He, it's been so long since the Spurs have been to the playoffs. Yeah, I completely forgot about the Kyle Anderson era. 
So I think speaking the of which, Grizzlies are in for a rude awakening. Speaking of which, before we get into the rest of these playoffs, Dejounte Murray had a uh, yes, pretty sir. interesting tweet that he has since uh, mm-hmm. redacted. Yep, <clears throat> he um, ends up tweeting out a picture of a Photoshop Zach Levine in what I believe is the ugliest of the Spurs jerseys. Absolutely, the ugliest. <laughs> Is my least favorite Spurs. Like, why that one, Dejounte? I hate it. Is because that his favorite? I hope to God not, because I hate it because the numbers are on one side. Yeah, and it's and the big the... spur logo in the middle. Like, I don't like it. At <laughs> terrible all. jersey. Yeah, literally terrible. <clears throat> but you have to think like Dejounte. Like Photoshop him in the fiestas, he man. He didn't do that. He found that picture and posted <laughs> it. But I mean, you have to think that. DeJounte didn't just go and post that. Like, I feel like he was talking to his boy, and they were talking about him coming over, mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, made him go and tweet that. So, sure. I'm down. I, it, I was just on Locked on Spurs yesterday. With I know. Our boy, Jeff Garcia. And this By the is way, all, check it out. Yeah, go to sasportstar.com. Go, go run those numbers up. Or, you, or uh, uh, SA Sports on our Twitter, at SA Sports Star, and you'll see we've retweeted Jack's episode. And this is our, well, this was our main topic, so I know. I'm all about going to get Zach Levine. Sure. You've got to add star power. Now, is he restricted? I don't think so. He's unrestricted. I, I don't know for sure, but I, I would, if I had to guess, I would guess unrestricted. You've got a ton of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm I told him our ideal off season go get Zach Levine. Done. Trade I don't care what you do after that. No, but and then after that you trade Devin or Keldon along with Oh. Devin or Keldon along with one of our or both of our other first round picks, nine and twenty or whatever, and you get into that top three. And then you go draft Jabari or Paolo. And then next season we're running DJ, Zach, Devin, or Keldon, whoever stays. All right. Personally, if let's assume that the draft, you know, chalks itself out. Yeah. You got the Rockets picking first. Mm-hmm. You've got the uh who had the Magic. Was it the Magic or was it the Oklahoma Pistons. City? Or Detroit? It's gonna it be Detroit. one. Yeah. It was Detroit and then either Orlando or Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. But imagine that's your top three yeah, yeah, draft yeah. picks. A, who are you trading with? B, how high do you have to go to get Jabari? I mean, I'm trying to get into one or two. I'm not trying to sit at three. And I mean, he, he, any of them could be there. Do you it's... think the Rockets are doing that? Because that's that. They don't need wings. They've got wings for days. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> Maybe you give them Pirtle or something, but I'm trying to get into that top three to where we can have DeJounte, Zach Levine. Who, who do you think they pick? Jabari, Chet, or Paolo sitting at one? Uh, you're talking about the Spurs? No, I'm talking about the Rockets. The Rockets? All the mocks I've seen of the Rockets, they have them taking Chet, Chet, right? Yeah, I see, I see that too, and mm-hmm. I don't. I, I feel like it's Jabari. I feel like it's too. I mean, Jabari reminds me a lot of a young like Kevin Durant morphed with a young Pau Gasol, or not Pau Gasol, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Jabari is definitely the most polished offensive. I think and Paolo can body do- wise, he's 
yeah. more prepared to play in the NBA than would a Chet. I think Paolo can do the most on the court in terms of yeah, his vision, vision is handles, body. Yeah, I think. And then Chet is the biggest question mark of the three. He probably, he's not probably, he is the best defender. And he's a good shooter. He can handle the ball really exceptionally well for someone his size. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the Rockets take. Probably Jabari. I would, I would, I, I would, I would if I was them. Yeah. So, but yeah, my ideal. So you'd have to move up to probably two to get Paolo. Paolo, but would Detroit want to trade? I don't know. I yeah, mean, see, that's the that's the tough part of getting into the top three mm-hmm. is the the top two picks. I don't see a need for them to need a Keldon no, or a Devin. I, for sure. And that that's the difficulty because but maybe a Jakob. I mean, none of those top three do, teams have does a good anybody, center. Does anybody want a center that can't play modern NBA basketball, though? Like, I understand he has his usefulness, mm-hmm. but A, he's going into the final year of his deal. Which makes him, you know, a little more enticing. Sure, but B... You can only play big lineups with him. Yeah. And that's not what either of these teams looks to be, you know, between Grant and Cade and uh, Killian and then uh, the way the Rockets are, are being built with Shingoon and yeah. and Wood and Green and KJP and Chris, Christopher. Like, they're built for today's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't seem to have a need for that big. Or would want that big. It seems like they want another guy that fits into that mold, which is any of the three guys at the top. Or maybe Keldon, Zach Collins, nine, and, you know, whatever else to go get up. I would do that. I, Gotta I, I chase. know you would, but I'm I'm just trying to find yeah. the, the enticement for the other mm-hmm. team no, to I, do that. No, I understand. And so I just, I, I don't see... No, it's not a real happen. a real re- way to get into the top three, other than getting lucky and winning uh, one of those top three lottery spots. Yeah. Now, if that happens, <sighs> and correct me if I'm wrong, the draft comes before free agency. I know the draft is June twenty eighth or 29th. I cannot remember. Free agency starts in July. I yeah. Think. So yeah. Because the NBA is yeah, opposite of, of the NFL. NFL. Yeah, yeah. The NFL does free agency, then the draft. NBA goes draft free agency. So, with that being said, say the the Spurs stay at nine now. Mm-hmm. They don't win the lottery. They don't get one of the the players we're looking for. Yeah. They Jalen Dern or Johnny Davis. Those seems like the two. Most available players at nine. For me, it would be Benedict Matherin or Jeremy Sohan. Okay. Benedict Matherin has star power I see a written lot, all I over him. I see them both going earlier, though. Jeremy? You think Jeremy goes earlier? I do. Oh. So as, he'll, as he'll he gets be, through the workouts, he's going to be that guy. He'll that, be this he'll year's be the Patrick, Patrick Williams. Williams. I mean, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, do it all forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that perfect for today's game. Yeah. So I would love the Spurs to get him. Honestly, I think 
he would be the best fit mm-hmm. for our roster would be Jeremy Sohan. Go sure. in, start at the four. Finally, we can move Kelvin to the three. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think for me it's it's Benedict or Jeremy. If neither of those are there, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's Johnny Davis or or Duran. Not exceptionally excited which, about which one, either of those picks. Which one, if neither Matherin or uh, uh, Shoan are available, like I expect, and it comes down to Duran or Davis, which would you prefer? The bouncy big that can switch out and looks like he can develop a shot, or the walking bucket? That's extremely tough, man. I know. But remember, you're likely losing Lonnie Walker, who is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I'd probably lean um, Johnny Davis. Because you can get... I mean, you could... Mark Williams, Walker Kessler, Christian Coloco. Like, there are other good bigs down the draft Later that you could go get. With your next two picks. There are not... I think there's only two guys in the entire draft that average 20 or more, and one of them is Johnny Davis. It's Davis and... I think he might be the only one, actually. I don't think... It wasn't Jer- Ivy? I don't think J- Ivy averaged 20 or more. Maybe okay. he did. Okay. I was thinking it, it's either him or Jabari were both right hovering yeah, around yeah, 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 yeah. 20. I want to say they were both like 18. Okay. So yeah, he might be the only one. So I'd probably lean Johnny Davis. He's got a lot of, uh, minus the coming out of college three-point ability, he's got a lot of Devin Booker in his game. Okay. Gets to spot immaculate on the pull-up in the mid-range. I I see, and just it's not because you just mentioned his pull-up in the mid-range and the ability to get to his shots, Mm -hmm. but while you were saying he's got a lot of Devin Booker minus the three-point, my first thought was I see a lot of DeMar DeRozan in him. Yeah, I see some DeMar in him, but he's way more of a dog on defense than no, DeMar no, no, has no, ever no. been. I just meant in terms no, of just offensively, like yeah, yeah. mid-range king knows how to really get to his spots on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. And I think right now he's already a better shooter three-point-wise than DeMar was. I think DeMar is just now figuring out he can shoot threes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd probably lean Johnny Davis, but I wouldn't be mad at Jalen Duran. I mean, he's something that the Spurs fans have been asking for for years and years. As, since Tim Duncan. Yeah. Or not, I'm sorry, since David, David Robinson. David Robinson, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a big that can run, switch, dunk on anyone in the league, and has touch that, you mm-hmm. know, could develop out to 17 feet. Now, let's get back into the actual NBA yeah, playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> I could talk about draft all day. I know. So can I. Which is why we've spent so much of today talking about both drafts. I, <laughs> I can't even tell you how many PFF mock drafts I did. I would venture to say you probably... It's and probably I'm, around I'm gonna, 100. I'm going to lowball it. I'm going to say you've probably done at least 5 to 10 a day. Yeah. For a fair several months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, they take about one minute to do. It's fun. I love building teams. We talked about the closeout last night. Let's look forward to some of these series as we talked about the closeout. Well, Memphis, your hands are full. Yeah. And Boston, I think every series they play is just like going to be the best series there is because mm-hmm. their their path to oh, the finals They might is have awful. the hardest path to the finals of any team I've ever, ever seen. 
Ever. They went KD and Kyrie in the first, first round. round. And then they get the defending champion Bucks in round two. And, and then they either get the, the 76ers no, or the No, they're getting heat. the Heat. You think so? That's outright the Heat? At Joel Embiid. Oh, yeah, he hurt himself. Broken orbital bone, fractured orbital bone. Yeah, I forgot. He's going to miss the first part of the series, already dealing with the hand injury. It's just like the Heat are going to shut down James Harden in this game. Oh, one. yeah. I'm sticking Jimmy face guarding James Harden all game. And Maxie's not enough. No. No, he's he's very, very good. But, yeah, absolutely not enough to beat a so team like the I, Heat. I think the Heat are, are, yeah, I mean, are they're already in. And you put Kyle Lowry on Maxi, and that's going to make it real you put tough Lowry for him. there, you've got uh, OG and Anobi who can switch on anyone. I just, it's... No, they don't have OG. Or, no, I'm sorry, Bam Adebayo. Bam, I'm so and they sorry. have PJ Tucker. <laughs> and PJ. Just incredible defense. Can we talk about the downfall of Duncan Robinson? We absolutely can on the other side of this break. Right, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger. I am joined by Jack Thompson. Yo. Tell me about this downfall of Duncan Robinson. The downfall of Duncan Robinson. Let me, let me go to his contract real quick. Duncan Robinson contract. 16 a year, right? Man's got a $90 million contract last season. And he has gone from their starting shooting guard to cemented in a role player position. Mm -hmm. And they then bring in Max Struess. And he takes all of his shots. So I'm just so confused as to like what happened with them. Like why why did they st- stop using Duncan Robinson after paying him so much money? Could it be defense? I mean it's uh, sure, certainly, but I can't imagine Max Struess brings more defensively. Is an elite defender like so I, but I, I, what it is is Duncan can't handle the ball. Max, bro, you need a new, you need, you need to fix that. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Duncan Robinson. I mean, last year he was the probably the best shooter in the NBA, arguably. Like he set the record for threes, and now he's going in there. Loss on Monday, or their last loss before they close out the series, he went one for nine from three. So all of his confidence is taken. He's not getting any minutes, but he's getting a ton of money. It's just, it's weird. It's weird to me. Very weird what has happened to Duncan Robinson. So, much like we've discussed about do you think the Hawks think they've made a dis- uh, mistake in signing 
John Collins to that expensive contract and could be looking to move him. Yeah. Do you think the Heat think they made a big mistake in signing Duncan Robinson to that big yeah. deal and looking to move him this offseason? I mean, I, who's, I don't know if I'm signing him, dude. He's, he's $17 million this year, 18 next year, 19 and a half the following, and then $20 million the year after that. That is a crap load of money for that dude. It's it's wild, not an unrestricted free agent until twenty twenty five. So you think they're just stuck with that contract now? For yeah, I mean, I think so. That's a little breaking news. <laughs> Pittsburgh uh, wide receiver, possibly the, the top receiver in next year's class, Jordan Addison, Kenny Pickett's number one target. Is considering transferring, according to Pete Thamel, with USC among the potential landing spots with Lincoln Riley. And, um. I mean, how much of that was him being exceptional, or how much was it him having a super senior at quarterback? Low column A, low column B? Yeah, I think. But Jordan Addison. I mean, 17 touchdowns. You got to be Addison's doing something a, right. a dude, though, at yeah, receiver. Yeah, I mean, 17 touchdowns. You got to be getting separation and running good routes, but we'll see. <laughs> it's also the ACC. Mm hmm. We'll see how he. I mean, if he goes to the Pac 12, it's not it's like. It's not like it's much yeah, better. It's not a step up, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take a look at these matchups. The second round starts tomorrow. It starts with Boston and Milwaukee. Dude, Boston's run to the to the possible NBA Finals is just so difficult. But still no Chris Middleton. No Max Money Middleton. Nope. How does that hurt or help? It absolutely hurts the Celtics. Or the, the Bucks. Bucks. Because not only is he their best off-the-dribble, fourth-quarter closing type scorer, Score. he's also an elite wing defender. Yes. So not having him to take some pressure off of Giannis, who's going to be on Jason Tatum, is going to be tough. I mean, you've still got um, Drew Holiday. You can probably throw him on Jalen Brown here and there. But they don't have another elite wing defender to try and match up with, you know, what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can do. So mm-hmm. I think that the way this Celtics roster is built up is the ideal roster for the, the modern NBA. Yes. You've got your lockdown uh, point guard and Marcus Smart, who is an excellent three-point shooter now. Mm-hmm. You've got a six-eight shooting guard in Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. You've got a six-ten small forward, power <laughs> forward, and Jason Tatum. You got Grant Williams, who can play the small ball five or the four, and can shoot the three. You've got Al, For- Al Horford and Tice, who are six-ten mm-hmm. bullies in the paint, and can shoot the three. You've got Rob Williams, there the Time is. Lord, who is who got absolutely hosed for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, Marcus Smart, deserving, but it should have been Rob Williams. Mm-hmm. Robert Williams, as closest defender, had stats. It's like 30% I, from the field, even in the I paint. I think it was 27%. Yeah, 
ridiculous. And he can guard anyone on the court. That team is just built perfectly. It's so good. Yeah, they're so... Especially for the modern NBA. Yeah. They're my favorite. Yeah, they're my favorite, too. They're my favorite to, to win it all. Especially and... because Robert Williams came back and it looked like he was never hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's incredible. How, how long do you think this series is? It really... I mean... Because Giannis is... Giannis being Giannis, yeah, man. He's Greek freaking he's all over the court. Giannis things. Yeah. I mean, and they are going to have an exceptionally hard time stopping that man. But the thing is, like, they've got four guys you can throw at him mm-hmm. and be, you know, successful in a way. Like, Grant Williams, he can body him. Tice. Tice can body him. Rob. Rob can body him and slide with him. Tice mm-hmm. can't slide with him, but no. Rob can do both. And Jason Tatum has suddenly launched himself into the upper echelon of two-way players. And we, I mean, we started to see that with Team USA. Yeah. I mean, that guy can guard one through four. And, I mean, his lateral quickness is elite. And what's really helped him and what, you know, we never saw from KD, a similar body type type of player, is Jason Tatum has put on a ton of muscle. Mm-hmm. He was bodying Kevin Durant. So... That team is just built for this right now, and I think they're the favorites. I would absolutely... I don't know who's coming out the West, whether it be the Warriors or the the uh, Suns. I'd like the Suns, but the Warriors would be cool too. I think it's the Warriors. But I don't think... I don't think either of those teams can beat the Celtics. I really don't. I don't either. I really don't. I mean, neither of those teams have... I think the the Suns actually match up better with the Celtics because they have Jay Crowder and Michael Bridges mm-hmm. that they can guard on them on the wings. But who are the who are the? I just thought of a reason for the Texans to draft Perry on Winfrey because he's really good. Well, that too, <laughs> but he's number eight. He's number eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're gonna get him now. Okay. Don't forget, you can catch the NFL Draft right here on San Antonio Sports Star coming up as soon as we go off the air here in 30 minutes. Oh, no post-up today. No post-up today. We've got the draft. Dang, okay. That's <laughs> why so I'm staying on basketball a little bit longer this hour. But I don't, This is kind of like our I don't, post-up. I don't know who the Warriors are going to put on Jason Tatum or Jalen. I mean, you can put Clay on Jalen Brown. But then Jason Tatum's going to go give you 50. Mm-hmm. So, and then Marcus Smart on Steph, Jalen Brown on Clay. It's a bad matchup for the for the the Warriors if they make it to the finals against the Celtics. I agree. I, I don't I don't like it at all. But speaking of the Warriors, they get the Grizzlies tomorrow afternoon. Round one of their conference semis. Can Memphis make this a series? I don't think so. Man. I think they're swept. I think it's going to fall supremely on Dylan Brooks. Oh, okay. Because Jaw's going to... Jaw's going to Jaw. There's no one on the war. No, there's no one in the league, really, that can stop Jaw. Especially on the Warriors. They have no elite... Defenders, like, yeah. Guard defenders. Maybe Gary Payton. He's pretty solid, but he ain't Jaw solid. Mm-mm. So it's going to come on Dylan Brooks. If he can match Jaws' 20 points a night 
and also be an elite defender on clay, then they can make it interesting. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it. Yeah. I just don't see it. I could see maybe they get, I think they get a game and maybe Dylan Brooks can get him another one. But I think six is as far as this goes. Monday on the other side of things, that injury to Embiid just, it hurts Philly so much. And even if he comes back in this series at any point, is it enough to come back? against the Heat, because I don't think they can take games without him. So you're talking about having to play from a hole Mm -hmm. to catch the Heat, who you talk about defensive teams. We've we've said it before, and I'll continue to say it, probably one of the most slept-on teams and number one seeds in playoff history. Yeah. The Heat, yeah. Who were in the finals two years ago, by the way. And Jimmy Butler has been absolutely balling. I mean, they closed out their series without Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're super tough. Super, super tough. Yeah, and that's going to be... I mean, without Embiid, that could be a sweep. He's going to miss the first two games at least. At least. So if he misses... if they let, Let's assume they start in a 2-0 hole. Is there any way they can crawl out of it? And remember, Embiid's, he'll be playing probably with a face shield. Yeah. Which I'm not sure he's ever done. That's always weird. Hasn't he? I thought he had. Had he? I think he has. Didn't Maybe. he wear a black one for a little bit? Was that him or was that uh, I know LeBron- Jimmy Butler? I think I think they all have. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think Joel Embiid has worn a face shield. Okay. Well, anyway, he'll be playing with a fractured orbital bone. Regardless, it's mm-hmm. not healing. Yeah, no. And a torn ligament in his, in his shooting hand. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they can climb out of a two. And James de- Harden does deficit. not look like James Harden. Only in one game of this series, ha- of last series, he did. So yeah, it's it's gonna be ugly for them. On the other side of things, you get Dallas Phoenix. That could be interesting, but I think it could also be. And we love a, Luca, a gentleman sweep. We love Luca. I love Luca, but I, I said this earlier. I want to see what you think. Jalen Brunson's balling this postseason, right? Jalen Brunson's been incredible. The Knicks are going to throw so much money at him. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Jalen Brunson has been playing out of his mind. He's been playing out of his mind, but he just feels like. Somebody the, the Knicks would spend money on. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. I'm... No, no, rightfully so. But at the same time, it's... What I mean by that is a guy that overperforms. Yeah, no, yeah. And then you go and spend a whole lot of money and you don't get what you thought you were getting because the pieces around him aren't the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it feels like no, to me with Jalen Brunson. I agree, I agree. Future New York Nick Jalen Brunson. Because they do need a point guard. Absolutely, yeah. They 100%. They need a whole lot on that team. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Julius Randle is playing with two feet out the door with he- just his left hand in there to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so Phoenix and a gentleman sweep? Yeah, I mean, Luka is going to Luka. Jalen going to Jalen, apparently. Maybe, but he's also going to have some some better defenders on him in this round, and Michael Bridges or Jay Crowder, Crowder. So, and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I think the Mavs get one. Maybe they get two if Luca can, you know, muster up an insane game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they have a shot at all to win the series. All right. Well, we're going to get ready to take a step aside. We're going to come back, get you ready for the draft coming up right here in just about 23 minutes. You can catch it all, all day, till 6 o'clock right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Jack and I will get you ready for it. What should the Cowboys do? What should the Texans do? What should your team do? Hit us up on the Kielbasa Bacon phone line, 656-ESPN, 656-3776. Also, don't forget to stay tuned. All next week, we have free Fandango codes to go see Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. in the Multiverse of Madness in theaters, dropping this week. That's all coming up right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Feel so close to you right now. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I'm James Planger. I am joined by my guy, Jack Thompson. Jack, this has been a draft-heavy show. Oh, yeah. Both drafts, <laughs> especially, though, the NFL draft. And as we look at day three... Fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. Cowboys have six picks. One in the fourth, mm-hmm. four in the fifth, mm-hmm. one in the sixth. Mm-hmm. What would you most like to see them do? They've got three players. They've addressed needs, I believe. Yeah. Jalen Tolbert at South Alabama, the wide receiver, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a solid pick. Hopefully he can develop into something and you can use... They've got their slot right now. Yeah. That's going to be James Washington for this year. Yeah, uh, Michael Gallup's the number two, obviously. And you've got CD as your bona fide number one. Tolbert yeah. maybe can come in as a number four. Uh, but let's not forget, they also have Semi Fajoko from last year still. Sam Williams, edge rusher. 12 and a half sacks in the SEC. Not bad. Yeah. I think he gets kind of swallowed up by the run at times. So he's going to need to kind of develop an anchor. Yeah. But I think he'll probably be used more as a situational pass rusher at times, more so than anything early in his development. And, of course, Tyler Smith in the first. So probably start him inside at guard, and he eventually takes over on the outside, whether it's right or left, when Tyron Smith eventually retires. Right? Yeah, definitely. What are you looking for still? Are you looking for a certain need of some sort, or are you just reacting? And how would you like to see them use these six picks? Would you like to see them use all six, or target specific players and use those picks to move up and and target their player? Uh, I would like probably to move up, but in terms of who we need, I mean, we need a linebacker. Mm -hmm. We need a cornerback or two. Mm Mm-hmm. Could always have more line help on offense and defense. I think tight end's a need. Tight end is probably a need, yeah. 
Maybe we do use all picks. I'd be down for using all the picks, too. I mean, as long as we pick and fill the holes now that we have to, then it's all, I mean, it's all good as long as, I just really, I need a linebacker and a good cornerback. And there's a couple linebackers still out there. You yeah. got Brandon Smith out of Penn State, and mm-hmm. we, we all know the, the Penn State linebacker thing. It's worked out pretty well, whether it's Sean Lee or LeVar Arrington or <laughs> Micah Parsons. Penn State linebackers usually translate pretty well. Yeah. Brandon Smith being on the board still, rangy, run defender, can really kind of diagnose plays and get to it. I don't know what he can be in coverage, but at least it least gives you some depth and a possible replacement for whatever happens after the year with LVE, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or even an injury. Mm-hmm. Plus, let's not forget, you also drafted one last year. Jabril. Jabril Cox ends up getting hurt. Speaking of Jabril Cox... Uh, Desmond, uh, Damone Clark is still on the board as well, the mm-hmm. LSU linebacker. But he had like a spinal fusion, didn't he? Was it fusion? I think he did. I thought there was an injury. I didn't know they had fusion. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was a fusion surgery. Yeah. But, I mean... There's not a ton of linebackers still left available that I absolutely am in love with. Yeah. It would be JoJo Doman or Brandon Smith that I would want. You want JoJo? I do. I do really like JoJo Doman and that hybrid linebacker safety. Inside-outside safety. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive line, we mentioned. Interior. Get a couple. Get another guard. Get another tackle. Maybe a center. Draft Chris Paul. Yeah. No, don't draft Chris Paul. <laughs> we do not want the latter of the picks to beat out the former. <laughs> I don't care. Just have somebody from this draft walk away with with a starting job. Yeah. Doesn't matter where it came from, in my opinion. If you missed, you missed in the first. They don't miss much in the first, so I give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Tacos really their only first round miss in the, in the last what decade? Yeah. So you you got to feel pretty solid about them picking in the first round. Yeah. Just not what I expected, or not really what I expected, but who I expected. I think you need a tight end at some point. I think you absolutely have to have a tight end at some point. Right now, you've got Jeremy Sprinkle. Mm-hmm. And franchise tag Dalton Schultz is your only tight end options, mm-hmm. and I don't think Sprinkles a real option. No, so you, yeah, didn't they draft somebody from Notre Dame a year or two ago though? Just spitballing. I don't thinking out loud basically, because I rem- I, I seem to rem- recall someone with a with an upside out of Notre Dame. And just wondering who it may have been because, God, it is bothering me now. It's going to eat away at my brain as I think about this. Uh, Sean McKeon. That's oh, yeah, yeah. McKeon. 
I still think you need to walk away with a tight end at some point. Yeah. I think you need to walk away with a tight end at some point, and I think you need to probably walk away with... We need another left tackle. And the inevitable Tyron Tyron Smith shoulder injury. Well, isn't that eventually what Tyler Smith's going to be? Well, then we need another guard. (laughs) We need... We need, let's get another guard and another tackle. <laughs> just load, you've got six picks, just load up. <laughs> what about the Houston Texans? What would you consider a success for them today? Because they still do have needs everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they, you can just throw a dart at the board and hit a position of deep probably. But yeah. I think they've done a very good job in addressing potential foundational pieces for this franchise. No, without a doubt. Um... I still think they need, need an edge some rusher. more, yeah, D line help for sure. Maybe a running back. I mean, you got Marlon Mack, but you need another you one. You got Marlon Mack. You re-signed. Uh, oh, Rex, Rex Burkhead, Burkhead, yeah. Who had a strong finish to the he year did. last he, year? He really did. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind investing some more in the offensive line just in case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be okay with taking a running back on day two, but I also don't see it as a need. Yeah, it's not necessarily a need. In terms of you signed Marlon Mack, his thousand-yard rusher, coming off the ace, uh, Achilles injury, two years removed now, should be fully healthy. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't pan out, next year's running back class is going to be really good. You've mm-hmm. got B. John Robinson likely coming out. Like That's going to be a really good class. Yeah. Uh, Nia Smith probably comes out next year, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be a good class for sure. So I, I think you can hold off and get one at the top of next year's draft class if you're the Houston Texans. But I can I think tight end is a need, much like for the Cowboys, for the Texans. Yeah, uh, I know they drafted Brevin Jordan last year, but maybe get more of that wide tight end, that in-line guy mm-hmm. that can stand up at the point of attack. We mentioned his name earlier, Kohler. Charlie Kolar. I think Charlie Kolar would be fantastic in line tight mm-hmm. end that can move around and Dude is six seven. <laughs> but continue to surround Davis Mills with weapons, find out if he's the guy or not. Mm-hmm. Because I would argue he was A the s I wouldn't even argue, I think it's hands down, he was the second best rookie quarterback last year. Oh yeah. He would have been the first quarterback drafted this year. Mm-hmm. And I can make the argument over the last four to five games of the year, he was the best rookie quarterback last year. Yeah, without a doubt. Because Mac Jones struggled down the stretch. He did. And it looked like Davis Mills started to get it. Yeah, his completion rate and his touchdown-to-interception ratio was really, really good at the end of the season. So surround him with weapons. See what you got. If he, if he succeeds, you found a gem in the rough, a uh, diamond in the rough. If he falls flat on his face, well, you can go get John Mechie's quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can bring in Bryce Young or or CJ Stroud. Stroud. Yeah, Eileen Young, but yeah, you know it's whatever you decide, Nick. You've done a very good job. I will go with your your scouts and your eye because you've done a good job through yeah. one and a half drafts so far. <laughs> I have zero qualms with Nick Casario, the general manager. Yeah. It looks like they finally have one. Yeah, he's done really well. Really, really well. This is 
going to be big because there are still so many good names left on that draft board. We've yeah. talked about like some of the players at tight end, the running back. Isaiah St- Spiller's still sitting out there. Zamir White. Mm-hmm. Jerome Ford. Hassan Haskins, who can probably ha- be had in like the sixth round. Yeah. Like, they have got some dudes at running back still. Tyler Badai. Yeah, there's a lot of good running backs. Carson Strong, Bailey Zappi. Sam Howell, still Sam, quarterbacks on the Sam board. Howell was, like, last year projected as the... Number one quarterback. Yeah. Damn. There's still some really good receivers on the board. We mentioned Khalil Shakir earlier. Mm-hmm. Calvin like Austin, who can return and play in the slot. You've got Bo Melton, Justin Ross. The other Purdue... Did he get picked? Bell? Yeah, Bell went oh, last yeah. round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget where, but I know he was drafted. Um, I, there's just so much depth that I, I really can't see the Cowboys. If they stay with all six picks, great. Yeah. There's a lot of depth. If they move around to target specific guys, also great. Yeah. Guys, thanks for hanging with us. This has been the Saturday morning hangover. Enjoy the NFL draft.